You're listening to Boss Ladies and Babies with Mickey and Megan, two best friends adventuring through motherhood, building our careers, and and not losing losing our shit. Welcome back to Boss Ladies and Babies. This is Mickey. And this is Megan. Hey. Apocalypse 2021. We survived or are surviving. Whoever's still getting snow, hopefully you're surviving. Yeah. You guys got snow a few days before we did and I was feeling a little bit left out. But we finally got it up here and it's been fun, but I'm ready for it to be gone now. Yeah. we, We started getting it, I think, Thursday night. Or Wednesday night, it didn't stop for days. We got like 14 inches or something crazy like that at our wow. house. Yeah, wow. Awesome. But now it's like quickly going away, which is what mm-hmm. I like. Yeah, yeah. Same, same. How much did you guys get? Um, I don't know how much, but a lot. <laughs> Enough nice. to build some snowmen, get the car stuck in the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much be a nuisance but but it was beautiful I actually really like when it snows because it covers up all the like junky stuff in our yard and just makes it look like a heavenly five acres so I'm like quick take all the pictures right now of our yard before it melts and then you can see all the weeds <laughs> nice that's awesome well the snow kind of brings out some highs and lows. So let's just use that as a little, you know, I love a segue to get into our highs and lows. <laughs> awesome. Okay. I, I'll go first. Um, let's see. My high is coming up on Thursday. I finally got scheduled to go get an MRI. So I'm really excited. One, because I've been watching a lot of Grey's Anatomy for the past, like, year. So I'm like, okay, I've never gotten an MRI. I'm excited. I'm nervous. Going in that little tube thing. Are the doctors going to be back there behind that window, like, making out? Like, who knows what's going on in real life? But um, I'm really hoping I get some answers because I'm just kind of reached a plateau in my treatment. So, um, yeah, excited about that. Um, My low, let's see... My low would be my, uh, it was really my mom's low, but my mom is having a rough week. Um, I got a call just a couple days ago. She slipped in the ice um, and tore her rotator cuff. So we had to go, like, go pick her up at the emergency room. She's, I mean, she's okay, but she might have to have surgery. She needs to go get it checked out and stuff. Um, Just on, yeah. Oh, just a lot like the snow um she also lost um one of her brothers like the week before so just been like a lot of sad like stuff going on for her and on her side so um so yeah so I'm hoping the snow will melt and we can go over there and like drop off some cookies or some I'm like I made valentines I want to bring cookies and valentines so so yeah I'm sad I'm sorry yeah. that she wow that's a lot all at once uh-huh yeah it's been a lot for her so mm. so yeah so that that's my lows for her you know yeah Bummer. yeah well if she's listening I'm sending you love and positive vibes and all of that I'm sorry going through all that yeah. oh man um okay well that feels a little weird to go <laughs> I know <laughs> but I guess I will <laughs> oh man <laughs> So my high is, I don't know, things are just really 
moving right along with my business. I just did my first webinar, which was, uh, had some kinks <laughs> that I was able to get worked out. And I think it went okay. Like, you know, after you do something like that, you're kind of like second guessing everything you said or did. But I think overall, it went pretty good. And I'm actually expanding with some more classes. My brokerage has kind of given me the go ahead to teach my course, like specifically to real estate agents. So I've been tweaking my course just a little bit to get it all ready for a workshop that I'll be holding for real estate agents in the area, which has been really, really exciting and pretty intimidating because those are like my direct peers. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just my business is really trucking right along. It's crazy. Yeah. Everything is just like happening. So that, that's been really exciting. Um, my low, it, I, I think I'm just losing my damn mind. Like... <laughs> honestly losing my mind. I was driving the other day and I kid you not, could not figure out how to turn my blinker on. Like I was like panicking with all of the different like gadgets in my car, like windshield wipers, like oh uh, windshield fluid, like all, I think I was like turning my brights on and off. And I was just like, where the hell is my blinker? Like I just couldn't figure it out. So oh that gosh. happened. Then a couple days later I was going to Costco and I walked all the way up to the door without my mask. And if you know me, like I basically sleep in my mask. Like <laughs> I don't even know how that happened, which was really strange. And then the, the worst part was last week, Nora was supposed to have a doctor's appointment. And I like really look forward to her doctor's appointments. They're mm -hmm. just like her, like check her normal check-ins. And it's like her doctor is my old pediatrician. It's just like fun to, Aww. that's like the only outing we get to do yeah. these days. Yeah. So anyway, I don't forget stuff. And it was like 1230. And I was like, Oh, my gosh, I think Nora had a doctor's appointment today, completely just spaced it. Mm. So I don't know what is going on with my brain. I'm pretty sure it's just like overloaded with um, everything <laughs> that is happening. But I'm just like, okay, I think I need to like, recalibrate how I'm doing things refresh, just kind of like, take some time to bring it back a little bit so that I yeah. can get my mind together. Cause it's been like a little bit scary. The blinker thing was like real, real weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> I've done that, but, but like not cause it wasn't my car kind of thing. So I understand the like panic of like, trying, but like, it, yeah. in your own car girl, that's our flag. <laughs> I know. I was on the phone and I was just like, what, what's wrong with me? Like, I can't figure out my blinker. <laughs> like it was, it was kind of weird. So yeah. So, that, so that's that. But Oh my gosh, I think my real high should be this episode because mm -hmm. I am so, so, so pumped up for this episode. I feel extremely inspired after talking to this guest. I cannot wait for all of you to hear what gems are being offered to you in this episode. We are so, so, so excited. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce her. Yeah. All right. Our guest for this episode is a life coach, author, and public speaker creating the genesis for a brand new brand of leadership and graceful revolution. Her unique life purpose is to use her talents as a healer and a prophet to help others tap into their intuition so they can harness their magic. Her words awaken revolutionaries, trailblazers, and powerful innovators in the quest for justice. When she's not building her public speaking business, she can be found reading trashy novels, 
drinking fine whiskey, playing mom to three delicious humans, and loving her punk rock scientist, James Thomas Kelly. Please, it is our honor to welcome to the show, Dr. Melissa Bird, and we will bring her on right after the short break. Hey, boss lady. We want to support you and your business on our show. We are rolling out a new segment where we'll be highlighting boss ladies in our community by running an ad for your business. Sweet Indulgence is a custom bake shop. They do cakes, cupcakes, macarons, cookies that are as beautiful as they are delicious. The owner, Amy, loves frosting and hopes to bring smiles to as many people as she can through baking. And she does just that. Check out her amazing creations and contact her to order your own at Sweet Indulgence PNW, or you can find her goodies at Joe's Fine Coffee on Mount Baker Highway in Whatcom County. Again, that's at Sweet Indulgence PNW. If you're interested in us promoting you on our show, send us an email and let's get bossy. Right. Welcome to the show, Melissa. Thank you so much for joining us. We are so excited to talk to you about discovering your natural born rebel. Yay. Thanks for having (laughs) me. I'm excited. So before we dive into that, um, why don't you go ahead and tell our listeners about yourself, who you are, what you do, what makes you a boss lady. Tell us everything. All right. I am Dr. Melissa Bird and I am a coach and a public speaker. And I have a couple of different companies, because why not? Uh, (laughs) My main company is called Natural Born Rebel. And um, that is where I do a majority of my work. I um, coach women to help them find their voice to make a difference in their lives and their communities by harnessing their inner rebel to make good in the world. And um, I live in Corvallis, Oregon. I have three amazing little children. They're not little. They're 18, 13, and 10. Yay! <laughs> Teenagers! <laughs> and I have an amazing husband who has three first names, James Thomas Kelly. He cool. is um, a veteran, and um, I'm really excited to say that he is finishing his bachelor's degree um, in marine biology and chemistry, and he and I are actually starting a farm and retreat center called the Mermaid's Garden here in the Willamette oh. Valley. And we are going to be offering, we're going to be doing an aquaculture farm with antibiotic-free, mercury-free fish, and then retreats for people to reconnect to themselves and to the land. So. Oh my gosh. What's the ETA for that? Do we, do we have a date uh, yet? Because I'm like, sign me up. <laughs> Listen, uh, sooner rather than later, we hope we're looking for land and investors and doing all the things. And so it's a really big deal. We also have a standard poodle named Dakota. She's my baby. She just looked up at me like, hi, mom. <laughs> and then uh, we have a French bulldog named Potato and a three-legged cat named Mrs. Dinkles. Oh my gosh. You guys have a lot going on. That sounds awesome. We do. Well, we're really, really excited to talk to you about all of the things that you're doing. You are just such an inspiration from what I know and have seen about you just through social media and our connections. So let's get into it. And if you could start us off by telling our listeners what it actually means to be a natural born rebel. Absolutely. I'm so excited you asked me this because I work with a lot of people who don't, they're like, but I'm not a rebel. And I'm like, well, do you own your own business? Yeah. 
Did you graduate from high school? Barely. Okay. Um, have you been married more than once? Totally. Uh, were you quiet in high school? Were you loud in high school? Were you like, you know, like me, the girl on the corner smoking cigarettes and my mother, we, I grew up in a really small town and my mother would drive by and scream at me out the minivan, Melissa, put that out, right? Like, so <laughs> I was obviously rebelling, but I think for so many people, they just think they're living their daily lives and actually they're harnessing the power of their inner rebel. And for any of us that go against the grain, that speak out about things that traditionally the people around us would not speak out about, like that is our inner rebellion. I have a really dear friend that I do Facebook lives with once a month. Her name is Amy. And Amy was like, I'm not a rebel. Like she's like conservative, Christian, straight laced, you know, job, family, house, all the things. And all of a sudden she's like, a year into our friendship and us doing these Facebook lives, we talk about really complicated stuff um, that normally people fight about when we have these beautiful and amazing, gorgeous conversations. And Amy's like coming out as a pro-life feminist and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm a rebel too. And I'm like, that's my girl. Like, I love you. And so I think for so many of us as moms and business owners, we think that we are mainstream and we are not no matter what our political affiliation is, no matter what our background is, if we are boss babes, that we're not mainstream and we are rebellious. I love that so much. I have been a rule follower my whole life, but at the same time, I preach and teach women how to actually stand up and be different and show the world who they are. And so I, you know, never really thought about that as rebelling but it is it's like against the rules of what you should be for business like so professional and never be vulnerable but i encourage people to rebel against that so yeah, yeah I, I think that. it's really important to remember too that that rebellion we've been trained to believe that rebellion is short skirt you know sex drugs and rock and roll and short skirts and you know being a troublemaker and that's not what rebellion, rebellion is really listening to the pounding of your own heart and following your divine assignment in the world to make a difference and mm -hmm. to really do something that you are called to do. The ultimate rebellion is to listen to the pounding of your heart and recognize it as your calling and not something to be avoided. And I think that that's really important to, for uh, people to remember. And, and hard for us to do, especially as moms, I feel like to listen to that. And we're, we're going to get all into that in the episode, but just as, since we're touching on just the whole idea of, you know, doing something else for yourself and your calling when there's so many things that we should be doing for other people all the time, it's really hard as moms to harness that and go for it. But I think in this episode, we're really going to get into why we should, how we should, and to kind of quiet the noise that's telling us not to. So, oh, I'm just so excited. <laughs> I actually call that the shitty list of shoulds. So we can Ooh. get into that later. <laughs> I like that. So what inspired you to help women, you know, find this inner rebel, make this kind of like revolution in their lives? So this is my favorite story about how I got into my business. So back in 2017, I was on a coaching retreat in Scotland in a castle in a forest in the middle of Scotland. It was epic, y'all. Epic. 
this is where I came up with the vision for the mermaid's garden. Like this was, it was life changing. And when I was there, I met a woman named Susie and she's this lovely human and I really adore her. And, um, she was sharing, she was in the room next to mine. And so we shared a hallway basically. And, um, we didn't talk much. I mean, we talked here and there, like nice, polite chatter as you do when you're on a retreat with a bunch of women. And we never really we had a couple great conversations, but we never really dug into each other. And we both came home. She lives in North Carolina and we both came home and all of a sudden she's getting these divine downloads from me and text messaging me these messages. And she's like, I guess like the universe wants you to know this today. So here you go. And she's like calling in all these things for me basically. And then I went months and months without talking to her. And, uh, back in 2019, uh, I was still kind of teaching. I was an adjunct professor for a while and this, um, I, I have my master's degree and my PhD in social work. And so I had started my coaching business and it was kind of floating along, but it was sort of like not doing all the things. I still had that really toxic mindset that I needed to hold on to my tenure track. I mean, not tenure track, my adjunct professor position for three bucks an hour because it was a steady paycheck and I could not possibly go out on my own. And so I, this business in mine, it was called Bird Girl Industries and it was kind of like floating along, but not inspiring me. And then I had been flown to San Bernardino, California to teach a, a policy class in the School of Social Work. And I'm in the lift on the way to the airport from San Bernardino to Portland. And Susie calls me and she's like, I just walked out of a real estate deal. Real estate was her business to tell you that we need you to start, um, we need you to change your whole business to Natural Born Rebel. I've already bought you the URL. We need you to write a book called Natural Born Rebel and it has to have all these things in it. And we need you to start this thing called Rebel School and it has to have all these things in it. I really need to get back to my signing now. I really love you. I hope that's okay. Talk to you later. Bye. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Now, this is the thing I teach my clients. Sometimes it's not this obvious, but right. when random stuff like that happens, and then the Lyft driver says to me, he's like, do these things happen to you often? And I'm like, no, no, they don't, dude. Uh, but he goes, you're going to listen, right? And I was like, I think I might listen. So I get to the airport and I sit down and I'm like, bananas, shenanigans. What is even happening right now? I got on that plane and I wrote almost the whole book. Wow. Oh my it gosh. Poured out of me. Like this, this book just came out of me. And of course it had revisions and things like that. But the, the book that's on my website for free is that book. And then I created rebel school and then I changed my website. And then like, and then all of a sudden people were enrolling in rebel school and all of a sudden, like I'm building this business and it's taking off and I'm getting messages from people like, Oh my God, your book changed my life. And I'm like, what's even wow. happening? And it's just accelerated into this thing. When I first started Rebel School, it was only a six-week program. Now it's like 12 weeks with one-on-one -on -one coaching and all this magic happens. And it's just like this container of awesome that is like mind-blowing. And I just have fallen in love with my business. And it has led to so, so much beauty and so much awesomeness because I didn't say that's strange, Susie. Thanks so much for your message. Right, right. And what if you would have? Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't be in business if I would have listened to her. Yeah. If I would not have listened to her, I would not be in business. I would have given up. 
you guys who are listening cannot see her face right now, but I just like can feel the passion pouring out of you. <laughs> just everything you're saying is just, I feel it so much. Like you can tell that this was meant to be what you're doing. And luckily you are. And you sold out Rebel School recently, right? Your last. I did. So, yeah. so there's two things I want to remember to say about this. And the first thing is that Mickey, you used the word revolution. Uh-huh. And I have, um, another vision that I was actually given years and years ago called the graceful revolution. And I actually, I just finished chapter number five of that book. So I'm thrilled uh, to be on to chapter number six, which is great because there's only nine chapters, which means it's almost done. Yay. So, um, so there's something about the graceful revolution as well that I think it's really, it's really high time for us to embrace the idea of our own personal revolutions and what we're doing in the world and what we're saying. And I think that, um, that's really, really important and powerful and awesome. So I really wanted to say that before yeah. Yeah. Uh, I moved on. Yeah. Well, and that actually is perfect for my next question. So with all, thinking of all of this, what is something that we can do today? Like whoever's listening right now, or even Mickey and I, what can we do today to start to let our rebel out? Oh, I love that. Hmm. So you know that that niggling voice that won't go away that like the the repetitive message that you get over and over again in your business and you're like that can't possibly be correct that cannot be real that cannot be what you think i should be doing Mm -hmm. there's that shitty shirt again that cannot possibly be the track you want me to walk down like you Mm -hmm. must be wrong and so you keep pushing and pushing and pushing against what you think you should be doing Mm And it's listening to that niggle, like that, that thing that will not stop, that no matter how much you try to avoid it, it cannot be avoided. My book is that way. It like tortures me. Uh, the Mermaid's Garden was the same way. You know, I'm laying on the forest floor in Scotland and all of a sudden I have this vision for a retreat center and an aquaculture farm. I don't even know what aquaculture is. <laughs> and I'm like, well, thank God my husband is going to school for because he's a fish guy. Like, I don't even understand what's happening right now. And, and it would not let me go. It was unrelenting. And I was like, Oh, what is this? Like, and so of course I start looking into it. And as it's progressed, all of a sudden it's become a thing of its own. And I think so many of us are afraid of things becoming a thing of their own. Mm -hmm. And so many of us are afraid of following that urgency and that intuition and that niggle because we're afraid of it happening and we're afraid of failing at it. And so because we're afraid of both of those things of success and failure, we just don't listen. Mm-hmm. When we know we have this mother's intuition that is so powerful and we know when we get that message, no matter when it comes that we have to follow it and we don't, we avoid it. And so the number one thing you can do is actually listen to it. Put the people around you that are going to make it happen and make it happen. And, and, you know, I mean, Megan, you and I have talked about this. You're still not doing what, what, you know, you are being, no, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Blow it up. Yeah. I'm working on it. I'm just like over here aggressively nodding my head because I'm like, everything you're saying, like boss ladies and babies is that for me? Like I literally lose sleep over what is meant to be happening. And I've been in the last, like, several months really working on growing that and turning it into what I just launched my program, the brand new strategy. 
which is super exciting. And like what you were saying with that book, pouring out just this whole six week course, just when I finally listened to that voice, it just came pouring out of my body. And it all of a sudden it was done. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is my heart I'm about to share with people. Yeah. People are going to come and see who I am in such a deep connective level that they've never known before that I didn't even know before. And it's all out there now. And it's just, it's an intense, insane, magical, amazing feeling that I can't even. And that's yeah. usually when we stop ourselves, when we're like, oh, I just poured my whole heart out. I guess I'm just going to let that just sit there. Mm -hmm. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah. Well, Oh my gosh. Okay. You two are so, I'm like so motivated over here without any direction. I just, your passion is so contagious. I love it. So for those of us that haven't like found that passion necessarily, like how, how do you discover it? How can you decipher between something that we like, like right now or that we're into versus something that like lights up your soul, like you two have found? Such a great question because that's literally the chapter I just finished writing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> How to tap into your passion and figure out what you're passionate about. <laughs> I love this. So, so first of all, acknowledge that you are free to be whoever it is that you want to be. You are free to be whoever it is that you feel compelled to be in all of your glorious wonder. And I think that is something that, that not giving ourselves that freedom is, is the thing that holds us back the most. And so really decluttering your mind, your physical space and your mind, and really clearing out the shitty list of shoulds. So I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to give you all, everyone who's listening and you both, how to do this. So you write down all your shoulds. I do this quarterly everything you should be doing, right? I'll make a whole entire list of your shoulds. And I should be cleaning the house. I should be, you know, loving on my partner more. I should be a better mom. All the shoulds. I should be a better business. Whatever they are, all the shoulds. Get them all out. Get them all out on paper. And then rip it up into teensy weensy inter or little pieces and flush it down the toilet because that's where shit goes. <laughs> all your shoulds go down the toilet that's why it has to be interbeater pieces sometimes you have to do a double flush because you've got so many shoulds going on but literally get rid of your shoulds 100 percent. get all of the shoulds away and then take inspired intentional action towards something you've been avoiding and eventually you're going to feel so expansive and so open that you will be able to take that inspired intentional action. Don't just take action for action's sake, because I think that's the thing that people fall into is they're like, well, if I just have a pretty Instagram account, then everybody's going to come flocking towards me. And it's going to be awesome. But that's not true. Mm -hmm. My Instagram account is a mess, but I love it because it's totally me, right? Yeah. It's totally my personality. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's the thing to really remember is, is to really listen to your passion not those shoulds. The minute you get into a should list, you fall out of alignment with that true course of action for you and that true divine assignment. And when you do that, you lose sight of that passion. So it's, it's interesting because when I was originally writing that chapter, I wrote passion is freedom. And then one of my friends said to me, my friend Eileen, she said to me, she's like, freedom, is, free isn't dumb. It's free to be, be free 
free to, free is not dumb. And I was like, woo, girl, like that's a <laughs> mic drop right there. Like, what? So really thinking about taking greater risk. And risk is not the same for everybody. Risk it for me is not the same as it is for either of you or your listeners. Mm-hmm. Risk for some people can be as, as rebellious as not doing the dishes for a day, mm-hmm. right? And seeing if anybody notices, or it could be as huge as launching your own company, you know, and taking a big risk to do something huge, right? And so i really remembering that taking risk, getting rid of those shoulds, and really taking intentional inspired action is how you find that passion because you will learn very quickly what does not turn you on and flip your skirt. Mm-hmm. And if I it doesn't turn you on and flip your skirt, you don't do it. No. Yeah. I think a lot of times people get surprised when they're trying to figure that out too, for what they think is their passion. And then they start to go for it and they realize it's not turning them on and, and then they just feel stuck and then they give up, you know? Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And, and really listen like I'm serious. Like I get tingly, tingly moments when I'm in the middle of my business. And if it does not tingle me, if I don't have electricity coming out of my fingers and I'm not slightly turned on, I'm like, Mm-mm, I'm not doing that. That's mm-hmm. somebody else's business. It's not my business. Yeah. I love that. I know. I feel like we're giving good, just basic life advice here too. (laughs) If you're not getting the tingles, move on. Okay. I love that. Amen, Mickey. Amen. Right. (laughs) So once we do find that passion, how do we take that next step and tap into it to turn it into business opportunities? Such a great question. And I, I think that it's, it's really, it goes back to that idea of taking risk again. So for example, when I first started my business, my, everyone's like, you have to have a freebie offer. And I'm like, what the hell is a freebie offer? Like, I don't even understand the language you all are speaking. I I've been teaching social work students how to do policy for like 20 years. I was a lobbyist before I did my own business. Like I never intended to be an entrepreneur. It's not like I woke up one day and I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to totally run my own business. No, no. That is not what happened at all. <laughs> and I blame my coach, Susan Hyatt, my old coach for everything. She was like, you should be a coach. I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm not going back to school because I'd finished my PhD. And oh. she was like, you don't have to go to school. You have a master's degree and a, bachelor, a PhD. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, then I could definitely do that if I don't have to go back to school. <laughs> so, um, but my freebie, I made it on Microsoft Word. Like it was terrible. I'm so embarrassed about it now because I'm like, oh my God, that was so horrifying. But I didn't know you could do things like Canva was not available yet. Uh-uh. I didn't know that you could do things like hire a virtual assistant to do things for you. I had no idea. So listen, all you newbie boss babes out there, okay? All my mom bosses, just listen. Spend the money on the people that can help you move forward. So, and watch for the signs. Okay. So I was like, I made a new and improved version of a freebie that was still terrible, but it was one (laughs) step up. It was like PowerPoint instead of, it was like slides instead of Microsoft Word. I put it into a PDF, moved on with my life. I kept talking about my business and what I wanted. I took on clients that I, they were my very first clients and I learned what I wanted to do and what I didn't want to do. 
So I listened to that intuitive hits. Like I was like, this is not the kind of coaching I want to do. I want to do this kind of coaching. Right. And so instead of doing like, I do business coaching, but really I do soul coaching, right? Like I mm -hmm. do soul care and and so that's a component of it. But so many people were coming to me for business advice and life advice. And I quickly learned what I wanted to do and what I didn't want to do. Mm -hmm. And I only followed what I wanted to do. And then, and then I thought, okay, I need a virtual assistant to help me make my website better and do a better freebie. Cause I don't know what I'm doing. And I need someone to help me with social because I love going on Twitter and having bananas rants. Like I love Twitter. It's my, it's the place where I tantrum. <laughs> Well, my Twitter feed is so good. Birdgirl1001 for all the socials. Like I'm telling you, my Twitter feed is bananas. But um, but I knew that I needed to boost up my Facebook following and you know, all those things that to run a business. And I was like, okay, I want a, a virtual assistant. And I had no idea where to start. And then I got a newsletter from uh there's an author named Lisa Lister, and she wrote a book called Witch, which if you have not read it, is one of the greatest books ever. And um she said her assistant was looking for clients. And so Sarah was my first assistant. She's delightful. Sarah stars is a magical unicorn. She was amazing. And she brought me through the transition to natural born rebel. And then she transitioned out. And now I have another VA, Emma, who is also a magical unicorn. All these women live in Britain, by the way. Like that's where oh, they, wow. nice. they make amazing magical unicorns, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I listened, right? Like that was the key to building my business is I was like, I cannot do this alone. You know, I joined the Mob Nation to their, the Mob Nation Alliance, because I knew I needed to meet as many people as possible to get my message out into the world. And I think that this is where a lot of women get stuck is because we've experienced mean girls in high school, because we have convinced ourselves there's competition among mom bosses, because we've convinced ourselves that we have to be in this silo to make this perfect business. We don't reach out and connect with others. And that is our failure as women. We think we have to do this all on our own when in fact women have been coming together in community for thousands and thousands of years. And so to build a business, you got to build your community and bring people together and talk about it. And that I think is the thing that really holds us back is that we don't talk about our businesses for some reason. Have you ever, an entrepreneur who's a man, they never shut up about their business. They're like, <laughs> I'm amazing. And it's like, really? Cause you're not, but whatever, we don't ever do that. Mm -hmm. And that is the number one reason I think we burn out in our businesses and we feel isolated and alone and afraid is we don't talk about our goals and our dreams and our visions for how this is going to help our family and our friends and our communities. We are our community. We are the web of community. That's what women do. Yeah. We build the community. And if you are isolating yourself in your business, then you are not living in intention with that divine assignment about who we are as women mm -hmm. and moms. I think too, if you, if your business isn't that soul calling, it's even harder to talk about it. Like as you're saying this, and I think a big part of it is, you know, for me, this is something that I cannot not do. Like I have to do this, right? I lose sleep over it. I'm constantly just so excited. It's all I can talk about. But I also think I've positioned myself. I also joined the Mob Alliance and I'm 
you know, around really supportive people in my life who are genuinely interested to hear what I have to say because they can feel the passion coming from my soul. Like, just like when you're talking about your business and I'm over here just feeling the passion just ooze off of you through the screen, however far away we are. That's how I feel too. And it's, I think it's so important when you have the right people around you, that right community who are there to actually listen and encourage you and lift you up on that. So what advice can you give to others to help them share their calling and to listen to their calling? I think, uh, you know, I've been doing a lot of reflection lately on identity and we are, we are multi, I was, I was actually talking to a client. I was coaching a client and I was like, do you remember those kaleidoscopes we used to have as kids, the cardboard ones that you'd hold up to the light? And mind you, I'm, I'm middle-aged, I'm 46. So like, you know, for any of you who are younger than me, you may not understand this, but like the kaleidoscopes <laughs> where you hold them up to the light mm -hmm. and the little plastic colored things change, right? Yeah. Loved my kaleidoscope when I was a kid. And there's this moment that happens when you change it and, and you think, oh my God, that's just as beautiful as the one before. And then you change it again. And a kaleidoscope says, here you go, more beauty. We are a kaleidoscope. We are not supposed to remain stagnant. And so if you feel stagnant, turn the kaleidoscope, shift it to the next colors. Think about what the advice you would give your children because so often we in business, when we are in business, not only do we carry those shoulds around, but we create obstacles. And we would never talk to our best friends, our kids, or even our partners in many cases, the way we talk to ourselves when it comes to our businesses. And I think that is our greatest failing as business owners. I think we need to get a little more heart in how we connect with our business. And I know we had a nice good metaphor about the tingly bits, but I'm not kidding. You should be making out with your business all the time. <laughs> like good, deep, magical French kisses with your business. Like it should feel amazing to go to work because you know why we run businesses? So we don't have to go to work. Right. But we still have to go to work. And, and, the second thing I would say, so I would say, make out with your business, like make out with it. If it doesn't feel good, it's not, and talk about it. But the second thing I will say is you have to, you know, there, there is some purpose to structure around your business. And, and so if you find yourself working in evenings on weekends and you don't want to do that because the purpose of running your business is to stay home with your kiddos and to give your kids more attention than you could give them with a nine to five or whatever else you were doing, and you're working on nights and weekends, you're not doing what you're, what you set out to do when you decided to start your business. So set office hours, one thing that, and set boundaries. One thing I am so proud of. And we joke, I'm, I mean, I'm coming to you for my camping trailer, right? That's my office. I set up my camping trailer as my office. Not everybody has that luxury, but fortunately I do. But my kids know when I'm going to work mm -hmm. and they know when I'm working and they're older. So I understand that, but I started this when, you know, they were littler and I was like, I'm going to work. And I work from eight to two most days because I'm really great in the morning. I know when I'm good and when I'm on fire and usually it's early in the morning. And so that's when I work. 
Know your strengths. Play to your zone of genius. Know who you are and play to it. And then you'll find that you've got all this free time in the evenings and on the weekends because you've structured yourself and set boundaries for yourself. And that is a game changer. And you don't have to work eight hour days. If you're working eight hour days, do it because you love it. Mm -hmm. Don't work eight hour days because you think you should. Mm -hmm. And I think when you set those boundaries, the shoulds get a lot less intense because you've given yourself that permission that I am going and putting everything that I can into my business from eight to two. And so from two to whenever I can do all the other things in my life that I want to do. That's like, that was life changing for me. And that's a huge thing that I like to teach in my program as well, because the boundaries, like you don't have to have a rigid time block blocking out every single hour of your day. You just need to figure out exactly what you said, your zone of genius, where you work the best, and then make everybody else in your life know that's what you're doing at that time. Like for me, morning time, same thing. I started waking up at 5.30 in the morning so that I could have the time for this huge commitment that I need to be doing, like the front load of work to get everything off the ground. And I was finding myself being a slave to this because I'm so obsessed with it. And it's literally all I can think about or care about, but that wasn't working for me. So figuring out how can I do this and still give it every ounce of me and also give the rest of my life what I need to give. And when you have the soul calling, it's really, really hard to find that balance. But once you do, it's completely possible. And I think it's amazing. It really is. And I think that the thing that, if there's anything that I've learned in the last 12 months, and as of this recording, you know, we're going into a full year of living through a pandemic. So for those of you future listening, it's been a year. (laughs) You know, this releasing of heavy burdens and recognizing truly that, that there is no such thing as control, I think is so important. And having grace for the multiplicities of your identity. We are not all just one thing. We are many things to many people and we do not have control. And, and it's okay to float through uncertainty and express all of the feelings around uncertainty. It's okay to be excited and scared and happy and sad at the same time. Like, it's okay. Uncertainty is just a part of living. And the sooner we allow ourselves the grace for uncertainty and kind of put our hands up and go, okay, what you got for me? What's next? Mm-hmm. And look at it as an adventure instead of things that we have to do and we really let our identities intersect instead of pushing them into silos it's beautiful what happened it's just so lovely what happened so the three of us are mothers a lot of our listeners are also mothers that have businesses um what what can let's talk a little bit about using our, we have women's intuition. We definitely have mother's intuition. How can we, how can we use that and actually put it to work for us? Ah, intuition is so good. I teach a lot of this in rebel school because I think that it's so important to really hone in on the difference between your intuition, which happens, you know, through your third eye and through your connection to the divine. And then your mother's intuition, that gut instinct, that's like, something is wrong or something is awesome 
but like that, that intuition, your gut instinct that happens in that space right below your heart. And I think that bringing those two together is a really powerful force. Like the idea of confidence and self-esteem connecting with the divine in a way that helps you really say what your soul needs to say. And I think for us as moms, oftentimes we have some weird mom guilt about doing the things that light us on fire. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think for so many of us, we forget to listen to that flame of intention and why we are doing this. And I actually had this early on when I was getting my PhD, I called a friend of mine. I was in, I was just sobbing. And I was like, I have, I'm taking all this time away from my kids. I went from being a full-time stay at home mom to commuting from Anaheim to Los Angeles to go to USC to get my PhD. And then I mean, I've left years of my life on the five freeway, like years <laughs> of my life are on the five between, you know, that 20 mile stretch mm-hmm. that takes three and a half hours. And oh God, it was awful. But you know, I would come home and, and Sean at the time was only two and he would be like, mama, I hate USC. It takes you away all day. Aww. And I hate it. I hate USC. And And I called my friend and I was just bawling. I was like, I'm screwing up my life. I'm screwing up my kids. I'm screwing everything up. Right. And, and she said to me, I watched my mom get a PhD and it's the greatest thing I ever bore witness to because I learned so much about what it takes to accomplish something like that. And she said, don't forget less than 1% of the world's population can call itself doctor. And in four or five years, you're going to be able to call yourself doctor. And I was like, oh, so it switched how I thought about me getting my PhD. And then all of a sudden we were all sitting around the table doing homework together because I also convinced my husband to go back to school on the GI bill because he'd never used the GI bill. And so all of a sudden we're all sitting around the table as a family doing homework. Sean's coloring, Gwenny's learning her ABCs, Caitlin's doing math. Sean's doing, you know, Jim's doing whatever he's doing and I'm losing my mind doing statistics, but that's another story. (laughs) Thank God that's over. So that we have this idea that our kids are going to watch us running these businesses and working for ourselves. And somehow we're failing them when actually I now have my daughter, Gwendolyn, who's 13, has her own online jewelry business. My daughter, Caitlin, who is 18, has her own eyelash business and they are making money and, and successful entrepreneurs. And they're barely, you know, Gwenny's only 13. Yeah. And we're showing our children, if we don't keep our emotions away from our kids, they get to see it all. My kids, mm-hmm. we celebrate when I get a new client, we have a family dance around, like we have a great <laughs> time. They know when I'm like, where's the money going to come from? Cause no matter how many money work, how much money coaching I've done in my life, I still am like, shit, where's the money going to come from? <laughs> And, you know, we just have to show our children that we can do this and that we're going to stick with it. And that if we discover that maybe we were meant to work a nine to five somewhere, that we go back and do that too. The point, or if we're like, no, I want to be a full-time stay-at-home mom. I'm done with all these shenanigans. We can afford to do this. I'm just going to stay at home with my kiddos and play all day. Hell, more power to you. I'm not that mom right? I always have to have 10,000 things in the fryer. And so knowing our strengths and showing our kids, don't hide your tears behind the door. 
and don't hide your joy behind the door. Like show them the entirety of this experience because it is simultaneously one of the most invigorating, exciting, demoralizing, horrifying experiences <laughs> ever. Oh it's gosh. the greatest and the worst thing all at the same time. And you just never know what you are going to get. Every day is different. It's lovely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You never get bored and you, you're definitely always guessing. I struggle a lot with that. Um, even though I'm home, so I'm home full time with my two and a half year old and I do most of my work in the mornings when she's napping and after she goes to bed, yep. but she hears me talk about it so much. And she sees me, you know, when her dad gets home, I'll go upstairs certain days a week and have my office hours. And I sometimes wonder, you know, how, how is it affecting her seeing me work so much? I know it's positively affecting her because she sees that girls can do whatever they want and you can be the strong independent girl working for yourself. But actually last night, I heard her in her room in the middle of the night. And so I turned on the camera to look and she had her little stuffed animal cow she was holding up. And she was telling cow all about her podcast and how she was going to work and all of the Zoom meetings that she had tomorrow. And she was just going on for a good 20 minutes about her working life to her little cow. And it was just like, the I want to tear up just talking about right now. The sweetest thing to see her actually see how she's looking at me through her eyes to hear that in the privacy of her own room talking about it and just realizing that yeah she might not have a podcast and you know be coaching people over zoom but the fact that i'm planting these seeds for her right now that she can do whatever she wants to do makes every single second that i miss with her so much more worth it it's just so worth it my son my son one of my favorite moments um, of the last 12 months, honestly, is um, before we got the trailer, right when the pandemic first started, I had had my office in the living room because everybody, of course, would leave the house. Jim would go to school. The kids would go to school. Everybody would be out of the house and I could sit in the living room all day. Mm -hmm. And, um, and uh, I had to move out here because the, everyone was in the house, right? And everyone had school and all this other stuff was going on. And but one of the things that happened early in the pandemic before we got the trailer is Sean would listen to me on my coaching calls and um, the, he couldn't hear my clients, but he could hear how I was responding. And he would come up to me and say, mom, you are so powerful and so beautiful. And I just think it is so amazing how you talk to your clients because you talk to your clients the way you talk to us. And I just know you are full of love. And I mean, it just makes me cry because yeah. he's hearing me talk about gratitude and passion and joy and, and reflecting back to my clients. That sounds really horrible. I'm really sorry you're going through that. Here's how we can work through it together. And he's learning how to be confident from a space of love. And I know Gwen, she would never admit this because she's 13 going on 37. <laughs> <laughs> but she also listens to me. And I, I mean, even my oldest daughter, Caitlin, who's away at college, so she doesn't hear me as much, but I know, and for all of you out here listening to this, you are making a difference for your children. You might not know it now, but I can honestly say, I did not believe that Caitlin believed in me. I really didn't. We have a very tense relationship sometimes. 
but the things she has told me since she's left home have just been unbelievably beautiful. And the only reason she, she and I are able to have that experience is because I did not give up on this dream. I listened to every single sign that came to me from the universe that said, move forward. Anytime God, the creator, the universe, the divine feminine said, do this. I was like, okay, I think you're up in the night, but I guess I'll listen. And my children and my husband are better for it. Mm -hmm. I love that. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about that listening to yourself and listening to just the universe in general and having to be really, really in tune with yourself in order to actually hear these signs that were given. So, you know, being grounded and really practicing hearing these signs, what, what can you offer for that? Uh, being grounded, whatever. Like half the time I'm like, oh God, I should take a deep breath and ground myself. That is a practice. Mm -hmm. And I want all of you to hear this. Mickey, I love that you're giving me this look you're giving me right now because you're like, whatever, sis. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> I know you're feeling me right now with the groundedness. Because let me just say, like, this has been an ongoing practice for me to really listen because I am rebellious. I am a rebel. And so when I get a vision or I get a sign, I'm like, you are wrong. Clearly, you're wrong. I know what's best. I know what I'm doing, la, 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 la. And then I push and push and push up against that. I forget to ground. I forget to like connect to mother earth and connect to the divine. And I forget to do all those things. And I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off. And all of a sudden I'm like, ah, intuitive hit. Perhaps I should just take a deep breath, feel myself connected to mother earth and go, all right, I guess I'll do that thing. And the minute I do, the money flows, the gratitude flows, the, the connections flow, the random people out of nowhere come out of nowhere. And so I will say a gratitude process is practice is key. And it's a practice, y'all. It's soccer practice. It's swimming practice. It's yoga practice. It's not a one-off, I'm going to get it perfect. So all, for all my perfectionist princesses out there, please just put yourself on a horse and sail away. Right away, <laughs> go find your prince. Because this is a practice, right? Yeah. Yep. And so, so gratitude is key. And I, I'm not talking about toxic gratitude that makes you feel like you have to do something. I'm talking about the gratitude, a simple practice for me, when I don't feel like writing down my gratefuls and I don't feel like doing that is every morning I lay in bed and I just started doing this about three months ago and it's really shifted everything. And I, I feel so cheesy saying it, but it really has <laughs> right when I come back into my body and I wake up in the morning and mind you, I've got, I'm in menopause. So I'm waking up like 10 times in the middle of the night. <laughs> let me just say with no hot flashes happening, <laughs> I'm, I wake up and I immediately think of 10 things I'm grateful for right off the bat. I'm grateful for my, my rockety knees, my rickety knees, even though they hurt. I'm grateful for the snoring of my husband because it means he's still here next to me every day. I'm grateful for my dogs in their kennel because they bring me such love. I'm grateful for the way the tree looks outside my window. I'm grateful for, you know, the books on my shelf. I'm grateful for 
this wonderful house that even though I want my farm, this house is keeping us safe and warm. Like mm -hmm. I think of them, I, you know, I'm grateful for my toenail polish. I'm grateful for the fact that my hair is growing out and actually looks beautiful with the gray. Like I think of the mundane. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful for my lamp because it was my grandma's. And I think I list 10 things right when I come into my body that I'm grateful for. And that sets me up for the rest of the day, no matter how irritating the people I live with in the house are. <laughs> I know that I'm grateful for the fact that even though I cannot stand that they are still not getting the dishes right. <laughs> I have dishes. Yeah. Some people don't. Well, that's true. It's a strong reminder. So I'm like, just let that sink in. That's, you know, I think with the gratitude practice, a lot of people feel like it has to be like this grand thing of these huge things that they're grateful for. It has to be written out in this perfect way or, you know, which it does help to write it out. And, you know, I, 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 yeah, exactly. But if you can't, like, you don't need to just like anything in your business and in your life, if you can't do something exactly how you've set out to do it, you shouldn't beat yourself up. And I think the more you practice gratitude, the less likely you are to beat yourself up because yeah, you did that. Not exactly perfect, but look at all these other things that are so great in your life. Gratitude always gives you more opportunity to be grateful. I mean, for those of you that are still changing diapers, just know it ends and yeah. Hey, at least you have a little kid you get yeah. to change diapers for. Like it's pretty amazing. Yeah. I don't and miss that kind of, at all, by the way. I was way, just going to say, and then you kind of miss it. Like my daughter, is, <laughs> she only has one diaper a day now. And I'm like, I mean, I don't love changing the diapers, but now that it's just once a day, I'm like, she's so big now. Yeah. <laughs> Milestones. Gosh. So besides gratitude, I love that you start your day with that. That's something that we talk about on here a lot. Is Are there any other like daily practices that you do to kind of stay connected to your inner rebel, staying grounded? You know, I, I just check back in with myself. I'm like, does this feel good? Does this feel like, like, does this feel like love? Does this feel like joy? Am I having a good time right now? What do you want to do different right now at this moment? If you could do anything, what would you do different? And I ask myself that repeatedly throughout the day, right? Like I have an idea of what my day is going to look like, but I had three people cancel on me today because of the, the weather. And I was like, sweet, I'm going to work on my book. I'm going to do my collage in my journal that I've been wanting to do. I'm going to go back inside and high five everyone in the house and say hello and tell them I love them, even <laughs> though they irritate me. Like, you know, I'm going to go get my dog and bring her out to the trailer with me. I'm going to run and run an errand really quick because I have time. You know, like I also have learned how to check in with myself and be like, what's going to feel good right now? And, and boy, if that's not an act of rebellion, I don't know what is. Women the world over checking in with themselves saying, what would feel like love right now? I mean, that's a graceful revolution in and of itself. Mm -hmm. And I think it also helps us with our kids and our partners when we do that, because we're not, we won't be so stressed out. Yeah. I was working with a client today and they were talking about clutter and uncertainty and there's never enough time. And I love giving this, this um, assignment to my clients where I'm like, make a tick mark every time you say, a tally mark every time you say, I don't have enough time. I had one client who ended up with like 476 tally marks and she was like, she was like, 
how many hours is that? And I was like, I think you'd have more time if you stopped saying you didn't have it. <laughs> right? Like pay attention to what you're saying. The yeah. ultimate act of rebellion is coming back to yourself and saying, what do you want to do right now? Mm-hmm. Oh, I had a free hour open up on my calendar. What do I want to do right now? And then do it. I took my dogs for a walk today with my kid. Like I was not expecting the day that I had today because I was booked today, even though it was a holiday. I was booked. I wasn't expecting this day, but man, I got a rainbow for an hour the whole time we were on a walk. Like y'all listen, ask yourself, what's going to feel good right now? What do I want to do right now? I didn't have a book of walks scheduled in my day. I just decided to take a walk. Like yeah. Listen, you don't have to have this rigid schedule. It's okay. Let it go. I think a lot of us get thrown off when things don't go. Even if we're not like schedule planning people, we still have an idea in our head of how each day is going to look, each week is going to look. And when things kind of go off track, it's really easy for us to just completely give up on the entire day. Oh, I'll start tomorrow or, right. oh, I'll start Monday, you know, and we need to just be in tune with what we're feeling so we can just pick back up where we left off later that day or you know well and i don't want your listeners to be confused because i was like set some office hours and then do whatever the hell you want like, <laughs> like, like i really want to be clear but even within my work day mm-hmm. if i have an hour free up i'll go for a walk for sure because that helps set me up for whatever's coming next in my work right i don't pile on more work i don't go oh you know I listen to myself and my intuition and what it tells me to do next. And I think that in the confines of me being at work, that's, that's what works for me. And I, you know, I, so I don't want anyone to get confused here and think I'm like mm-hmm. saying two different things because really listen to mm-hmm. what you're hearing. Well, I think when you listen to yourself enough and often you kind of start to get like a revolving door of things that you do. So it's like, even though, it's not scheduled, like somewhere deep within you. It's like, okay, I know if I have an hour open up during my office hours, these are some of the things that I know I will be feeling in that moment because you listen to yourself and know yourself well enough. So it's kind of like yeah. a back of schedule of what you love doing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I have to say, like, I'm just, I've, I'm just soaking all of this in. There's so much, so much energy. I love everything that we've been talking about. I have to say, I'm like, I am excited about the idea of stopping and checking in with myself during the day and like asking, how am I feeling kind of thing. But I'm also a little bit terrified because as you're talking, I'm like thinking, okay, I, I stay home with my kids um, and I run a small business from home. But I'm like, if I stop and like really think about like is what I'm doing feeling like the right thing like that's that can be a really scary really scary life-changing kind of check-ins it is a, a scary life checking change ch- life changing check-in <laughs> well you came up with the tongue so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really important yeah because I think we're trained by society and we're trained by these internal voices in our in our brains that we're not allowed to do those Mm check-ins and that's why it can feel really intimidating is because we've been trained to believe that we're not allowed to connect with ourselves in that way. Mm -hmm. And so it becomes easier and sometimes you're not going to like your thoughts. Like sometimes you're not going to like what it says and you've got to listen to that and say, okay, I hear you. Now what do we do 
to shift? What do we do to change? What do we do to move the, the, move the dial and act from a space of compassion and understanding? Like, I think the thing that's really important is to have grace for ourselves so that when we feel those uncomfortable thoughts and feelings, we're like, all right, I hear you. I know. Yeah. Okay. I, I feel like this is such a rebellious thing to do also, because I think especially as women and moms, we aren't like conditioned to expect our daily tasks to be enjoyable in any way <laughs> like which sounds really sad to say but like women's work it's we don't do it because we feel good about it that's just like st you know stereotypical like that's just what we have to do kind of thing so to break out of that mold and like get your mind out of that and be like no I have the control over my life and my day and I can be doing things that bring me joy instead of just kind of living by these rigid kind of boundaries that I feel like society kind of puts on us maybe or just like old traditions I don't know but I think that's really um yeah a rebellious way to look at it it shouldn't be I mean we should all have grown up and realized you know do what makes you happy you don't have to be I mean I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm miserable every day, but like, you know, sitting around doing chores all day is not that fun. That's not sparking joy. Right? Like it's it really, is. really complicated. And I think yeah. that, um, you know, do what makes you happy is also complicated. Mm -hmm. And the biggest lift risk in life is not risking. Like it's not taking a chance on doing something. And, you know, I, I cannot say how many clients I work with that are like, can we talk about housework? And I'm like, sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like how much work is, are your kids doing? And mm -hmm. they're like, none. And I'm like, well, let's start there. Shall we? I actually had a client today whose mother never um, allowed her to do housework. So she doesn't know how. Wow. And she's, you know, a mom of two mm -hmm. and she doesn't know how. And I'm like, yeah, I feel that my mom, I had to do chores every Saturday. Right. And so my kids have to do chores every Saturday. And lately they've been not having it. And I'm like, Oh no, I'm not having it because <laughs> the way you learn how to clean a toilet is to clean it now. Mm -hmm. And you know, and so the other thing I have to say to all the moms is where can you let go of the control? Because you brought up a couple of key words here, Mickey, one is control and one is rigid. Mm -hmm. And, and we have no control. Like we literally have no control. What we can do is we can learn to look at each day as a moment in time. And, and we don't have to be rigid about that moment in time. It's okay. It's okay for the house to be a slight disaster. We don't need to look like we're on TV with this perfect house. Mm -hmm. And the minute we let that go, there's like so much grace in that opportunity. And do my kids do the dishes perfectly? No, but guess who doesn't do the dishes anymore? <laughs> nice. yeah. My kids do the dishes and you know, they've been doing them for a really, really long time. And I always thought my mom was super mean because she made us do it. Like I had a sister <laughs> and we had to do the dishes every other day. And I was like, there was like an M and a C on the calendar, nice. Melissa Camille every other day. And like we had a, a signed day and I thought she was just horrible, but now you know what I know. I know how to do the dishes and, yeah. 
and it, my kids know how to do the dishes and mm -hmm. that's amazing. And they know how to vacuum and they know how to dust and they don't like it. Yeah. But I know that someday maybe they'll be on a podcast talking about their own lives and they'll be like, my mom made me do this and it was horrible, but I really appreciate it. Yeah. And so I think that some of this is just giving ourselves, especially right now, like, come on, you know, I love a perfect living room. There is nothing, listen, I'm a Libra. Like if it's not beautiful, I'm not having it. <laughs> plus, plus I have these altars all over my house. I've always had altars everywhere. And so like, I've, I'm like, don't mess with the altar. It's perfectly placed. Like don't mess. And and you know, my husband decided to grow microgreens in the living room and like put in all these like pads for a gym. And I was like, what are you doing in my perfect <laughs> living room? He's like, it's a pandemic. No one's coming over. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. No one's coming over. Okay. And he's like, don't worry. It'll go back to normal when we're back to normal. But right now there's no normal. And I'm like, well, we're not going back to normal. And, and so anyway, it just ends up in this big thing. But the point is, give it up. So much more freedom happens. Not freedom, free to be. You're free when you give it up. Yeah. That's a big thing for, I have a hard time with that. And the further I get into like really listening to this voice, that is my business, the easier it's becoming to give up some of that stuff. I mean, it's still kind of like creeps back in, but if anything 2020 has taught me, it's that I have literally no control over anything. So yeah. <laughs> hands up. Like, I surrender. And it's meant to keep women in their place. It is meant to keep us from doing the things that we are here to do. Mm -hmm. I was reading this book and it was saying something along the lines of when you move forward and do what you really want to be doing, it's, it is selfish and somebody else is going to feel like they're taking the hit of the sacrifice, right? And so just realizing that it's okay to be a little bit selfish and do what you want to do. And the person who feels like they're taking that hit of the sacrifice is going to be okay. And they'll be able to move forward and be just fine. Yeah. So I thought that was a pretty life-changing couple sentences for me when I read it. Ah. Yeah. Well, I think with that, we can kind of wrap it up. We have one more question for you. And if you could share one piece of advice on how to be a boss lady and a mom, what would it be? I think it is so important to listen to your heart and, and really just tap in every day and listen to what it has to say. And there will be some days that you don't work your business at all because you're hanging out with your kids. And there will some be some days where you don't see your kids at all because you're hanging out with your business. And both of those days are the greatest days of your life. I feel that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Awesome. Well, I mean, I have like a bunch of notes taken. I feel like maybe I won't even let you hang up tonight. I'm not ready to be done talking. This was so good. Um, but we'll take it a little more fun. I mean, it's been fun, but we'll get silly. So at the end of our episode, we like to do our hot mess moment. So this is a chance for our guests to share a moment that they have been a total hot mess. Do you have one that you would like to share? 
I mean, I have like hundreds of them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, it's kind of like Harlan, but kind of serious all at the same time. So there was um, a moment. I have a very, very, as most people do, complicated relationship with religion. And um, I, I grew up in a very complicated in Utah, not LDS, not the predominant religion is the Mormon religion. And I did not grow up LDS. And so my hot mess moment actually involves my oldest daughter. And she was like, I want to go to church. And I was like, oh, hell no. And she was like, no, really, I think we need to go to church. And I was like, no, (laughs) she's like, no, really, I think we do. And so I called a friend of mine who's a deacon for the Episcopal church down in Southern California. And I was like, dude, you got to find us a church. Cause I need a feminist, like queer affirming church. Like I need a church that speaks to me mm-hmm. and it's got to be like Baptist Catholic enough for my husband to want to go. Cause he grew up Baptist and Catholic. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, so we're going to need like some ritual <laughs> and some guilt, <laughs> things. And I didn't even know what I was asking Mark for. And, and I was a disaster. I was like, I cannot believe you're even insisting on this, Caitlin. She's like, we have to go. And so, and so Mark called me and he's like, good news. You have one really close to your house. And he's like, this Sunday's Easter. You should totally go. And I was like, oh, hell no. I'm not going on a high holiday. You must have <laughs> lost your mind. Like, I was like, no. So uh, we didn't go. And then we, about three months later, Katie's like, no, mom, I'm really serious. I want to go to church. And I was like, okay, well, I guess we'll try this Episcopal church. Mm-hmm. We walk in the church and I walk into the sanctuary and I just start bawling. Aww. And for three months, every Sunday I would sob and I wasn't quiet sobbing. No, I'm not a quiet crier. <laughs> I would sit in that pew and bawl and bawl and bawl. And I was like, oh my God what is happening to me. So the hot mess moment is not me sobbing outwardly in church and the priest saying, are you okay afterwards? (laughs) No, no, that's not the hot mess moment. The hot mess moment is when I am at a meditation in said church, uh, on December 16th, 2018, which is the anniversary of my dad's suicide. And I'm in church by candlelight. It was our Compline service and I'm sobbing of course, because that's what I do in church currently. <laughs> and I very distinctly hear the message that you, you need to start preaching. And I was like, oh no, 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 no. I'm a witch. I don't preach. <laughs> and I very distinctly, distinctly heard you need to start preaching. And so I went to our priest and I said, apparently I'm being called. And he was like, sounds good. And my hot mess moment was I've come out as a lot of things but I had to come out as a Christian witch and it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. The hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life because I was terrified that all my witch friends would be like, screw you. Like you've gone to the dark side and that all my Christian friends would be like, Oh my God, you're going to hell. And it turns out I'm doing neither. And it was just this struggle of faith and knowledge of who I am deep down in my soul. That was my hot mess moment. And I was a mess. Like I was unpretty for like, six months man but it was received well by everybody then right i mean i'll go listen to my sermons because they're really really good (laughs) yeah i didn't know i didn't know that you did that okay cool i do you'll have to link to my youtube channel in the notes because okay perfect they're amazing oh my gosh if ever there was a religion for us 
there you go we'll follow you <laughs> the, the church like, what's happening now with dr melissa bird that is epic <laughs> epic is like the best word i can think of for that that's amazing oh wow what a good hot mess i laughed i cried <laughs> i'm so proud <laughs> that's awesome oh my gosh well thank you for sharing that and thank you for all of your just like knowledge and passion and your time and just helping us all so much through this conversation. This has been just an amazing time and we're so, so happy we got to talk with you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so before we let you go, um, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you, how they can support your business? Oh yeah, Dad, we almost forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> you can find me at naturalbornrebel.com and on all the social media at bird girl b-i-r-d-g-i-r-l one zero zero one perfect and we will put all of that in the show notes with the links and everything so that you can find melissa make sure you go and check her out you do not want to miss all of the amazing things that she has to offer as you know now that you listen to this episode and we will see everybody next week bye <laughs> Thank you for listening to Boss Ladies and Babies. If you like this episode, be sure to rate, review, and leave us some feedback. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and join the conversation in our Facebook group at Boss Ladies and Babies. And until next time, stay, stay bossy. bossy.